The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I want to talk about uh, teachers who are balloting their members, or rather, two of the teachers' unions so far, and a third likely to follow, balloting their members over pay concerns. John Boyle is the General Secretary of the INTO, the Irish National Teachers' Organisation. Uh, John, wh- why have you decided to do this? Um, good afternoon, Kieran. Um, yeah, I suppose the reason we decided to do it, uh, Kieran, is that we're totally exasperated with government for failing to review the building of momentum agreement and you know i'm one of the negotiators of that agreement when we went in there in december of 2020 we were in the middle of COVID. inflation was expected to be at zero for the next year and we all know what happened since inflation over the two-year period so far of building momentum 20 months has gone to nearly 12 percent cumulative since january of 2020 and meanwhile, um, our workers, teachers, have only got actually a 1% rise so far, and there's another one due in October. So there's some difference in one's take-home pay and ability to, ma- to make ends meet when uh, inflation's at 12% and the pay offers at 2 Um So obviously, um, we have been trying to get back into talks. Government have made various pronouncements on radio shows. But as of today, we have no sight nor light of any uh, beginning of talks um, to try to close out a deal. And of course, trade unions always wanted to close out a deal. But sometimes the the public service unions and other unions who have already actually had great deals from their decent employers have to threaten industrial action in order to get people to play ball and to come in and negotiate. So that's obviously what the 20 public service unions are trying to do. And teacher unions are just Mm -hmm. among a group of, of unions who will be embarking on this road in the next number of weeks unless there's a decent offer from government. So the uh, INTO yourselves, the STI, the the first uh, out the gap as it were, but you suspect other unions, and I'm not just talking about teachers unions, other public service unions are, are going to be following and balloting members. Well, we're not actually the first out the gap, and I suppose that's partly because of of the timing in that, you know, teachers have annual leave at this time of the year, whereas other unions, their workers are working. Um, So various other unions, the INMO, FORSA and SIPTU have already indicated uh, strongly that they will be uh, taking the advice of the Public Service Committee of of, uh, of Congress uh, for all unions to begin preparations for balloting. And we decided yesterday, our executive, all of whom are teachers in the classroom, um, decided that you know we can, we just can't suffer any more of 9.1 percent in uh, inflation this month, the same last month, and it seems to be petering out around 9.1 percent. Meanwhile, we haven't had a pay rise uh, since October 2020. So certainly, there's a lot of uh, angst among our members, and they're ringing in here since uh, our office uh, mm. started fielding calls on Monday, and very very determined to make sure that we get a better offer from government in the coming weeks. Uh, John, it, it sounds like you, you would be confident that your members will vote for industrial action if the question is put to them. Well, I mean, I, I even saw some journalists this afternoon doing straw polls on social media, but, I mean, we didn't need that. We we are very much in tune with our members because, um, you know, as I say, our members of our executive in the 16 districts are talking to teachers every day. Um, and it's really clear from our query line here that our members are, are really deeply concerned about the fact that they're going to have to travel, in some cases, you know, 70, 80 kilometres each way to their school and diesel still around, petrol still around €2 a litre. 
Um, we have, you know, mortgage rates gone up. We have the cost of rent up by 12.5% in the last while. Um, so no matter where you turn, I mean, talking about Ryanair and their, and their fares, um, I mean, there's nothing coming down in price, and that's been the way now for over a year. Meanwhile, government uh, is stuck on this 2% increase for, for teachers and public servants over a two-year period, and it's not going to wash, and there's absolutely no way that any decent employer uh, should expect that workers who worked so hard through the pandemic mm. are going to be able to suffer this uh, on a 2% increase. How, how likely are we to see teachers standing outside schools or picketing? I mean, th- this is a negotiation tactic, isn't it, John? I mean, ballot your members, you get approval for strike action, you go back in and you say, listen, you know, we need an awful lot more than 2% or we're ready to pull the trigger on that. Well, Kieran, as you probably hear in my voice, it's born out of absolute frustration. And, you know, obviously unions have a job to do to best represent their members. And one of the th- the, the final uh, I suppose weapons that we have is, is to threaten industrial action. We certainly do not do that lightly because we very, very much value the, the public services and, and the people who, who we deliver them to. But nevertheless, you know, when you're back to into a corner and you see other uh, decent employers providing decent pay agreements with their employees through their union negotiators over the last while, and we've been in this position that two months from this evening, those talks broke down in the WRC, mm. and we have absolutely no idea when they're, rec- if at all, if they're going to recommence. I know that invitations issued, and we're happy to go back. I mean, I put my own annual leave for the week on hold right up until the Friday evening three weeks ago because I expected these talks might have started on the 22nd yeah. of July. So certainly we're well, very you, you, frustrated. I know, you know and I know, John, there are, there are going to be more talks. I know you say we, we don't we don't know and there's no date set and maybe they'll never ha- of course they'll happen. The, you, Absolutely. The dogs in the street know I, that I, the public service I, I, unions I, and the I government are going to have talks um, again. Do you know, any time a trade union, private or public sector workers' representatives are, are in a situation that they're in dispute with their employer, ultimately it's it's thrashed out in talks and, you know, very, very we haven't balloted, the public service unions haven't balloted members uh, on pay despite the recession and all that we had to put up with since 2013. There's a coordinated effort across the public service. We're very, very serious about our members' cost of living uh, experiences and we have to be listening to our members. And yes, we will eventually get back into talks and it may take a, a, a day or a number of days of national protest and a, an action withdrawal of labour for that to happen. And if, if that's what government wants, um, certainly it's not my wish for that to happen. And mm. they, they, you know, they have the opportunity now to, to reconvene these talks, get back in there, give us a realistic offer that we can put to ballot. And the 2.5% that they gave us for 2021-22 on the 17th of June was never going to cut it, bearing in mind that inflation had already gone yeah. in, nearly gone into double digits at that point. I know, and, and, and you'd appreciate, listen, that there's parents at home listening to this. Some would be supportive, others less so, but whatever way they look at the issue, I mean, they'll be tearing their hair out at the thought of, of, of strikes and the impact it will have on them. And I know, before you say anything, I know you're conscious of that and the impact it has on people and these decisions are not made lightly. But what I'm trying to get a sense of it is how likely we are to see that happening. Because I suspect we're still on the unlikely side of the spectrum. Like this is This is just negotiation tactics. It's very hard to judge that, Kieran. I mean, I'm only one of a team of four negotiators. There's people on the other side who obviously have a close relationship with the, with the minister um, 
and I suppose maybe the ministers went on holidays for a while too and they're entitled to that but we have been left in a situation that we have been waiting for talks to recommence we've been hearing about it in the media but it's not happening and you know I would sincerely hope that um, teachers unions representing up to in our case 50,000 members ASTI and likely TUI this afternoon as well nearly 100,000 workers in mm. the education sector um, will be will be uh, ballasted for industrial action and that should certainly be enough to ensure that anybody with, with any right mind really would be coming yeah. back in to try jo- to get a bit of certainty in those yeah. talks. Can, can, can I ask what, what your response would be if you do sit down for talks and a government representative says, listen, we're going to tweak the tax bans, which means all your members are going to have a bit more take-home pay that way as well. Well, well, certainly tweaking the tax bans would, would be welcome, uh, Kieran, for all workers, uh, private and, and public, and indeed every certain person, everybody who's, who's in the workplace would would welcome that. And obviously the trade union movement will never be in favour of a reduction in the tax take because tax take is what pays for essential public services like hospitals and schools and so on. But, um, I mean, there's a, certainly a strong possibility that there will be budgetary measures that will help mm-hmm. all workers. But what we're doing as public service unions is trying to represent our members. Yeah, our but your, your, members d- your, demand, your demand might be lessened a little bit after the budget, would it? Um, if, you, if, if your members have more take-home pay. We have no intention, Kieran. just to make it very, very clear, and you're trying to get me to crystal ball gaze here, we have no intention of waiting until the 27th of September budget day before uh, we put massive pressure on government to deal with this issue because at that point in time, it's quite likely that inflation over last year and this year will be getting closer to 15% than the 11 or 12 it is at the moment. And every day that passes, our members and all of the public servants who are trying to get to work to keep the country going in hospitals mm. and schools and other workplaces are going to have to be able to put food on the table in their homes. A lot of these workers are very, very low-income workers or middle-income workers, and they simply are stretched beyond. Um, they just, they're not able to cope at the moment. And if it goes on any longer, really, it will, it will be uh, very negligent yeah. of government uh, to allow that to happen. Uh, well, listen, you mentioned inflation running close to 9%. We have fresh figures out uh, today. Barra Rowntree is an economist at the ESRI and he's with us as well. John Barra, you're very welcome to the show. So, so what are the latest numbers telling us? Yeah, so the, the latest inflation figures released by the CSO this morning suggest that there's a kind of slowing of the pace of inflation. So the, the consumer price index, the CPI, rose by 0.4% in the month of July and that, that's about a third as much as the increase a month earlier. So while prices are still rising, they look to be rising by less than they were. Um, and, and that, but, but that really seems to be because of two particular things that kind of pause in the, in, in, in the pace of inflation. It's because energy prices have stopped really increasing. They've kind of uh, haven't really changed much in the, in, in the last month or two. And indeed, people probably know the pumps, there's been a bit of a fall there. Well, there's also, there was some kind of summer sales and so there's about a 5% fall in the price of clothes. So those things have kind of acted to offset some other price increases elsewhere. And really, what I suppose what we'll see in the months ahead is going to depend on on the price of energy in particular. Okay. So you know, if if, if we see the the situation in Ukraine worsen and 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 there, there, there's potential for that to spark another round, I suppose, of increases in prices, particularly if there's gas shortages for for and and that leads to maybe a spike up in the price of electricity and okay. and, and home heating fuel. So that that's really going to determine what happens in the months ahead. Well, well if the price of energy then has temporarily uh, come down and clothing uh, as well you say but you know overall that that uh, rate has kind of plateaued it has remained uh, unchanged or stalled what's gone up 
so what we have seen is that food, that, that inflation is seeming to creep into there. So really food hadn't changed much in in price if you looked at, on average at the basket of goods that people purchased for a good few years. It actually kind of you know, had, it was below the level it had been a few years ago. But what we've seen then is there's a 1.5% increase in food prices in the month to July. And if you look across the last 12 months, food has gone up by 8%. And that's something I'm sure that people would have noticed when they're in the supermarket. So that, that really is... Uh, being reflected in the official statistics there, and 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 again is linked also to energy because you know energy is obviously used to produce food and to transport food, and so that, that's all, it's related, but it's not it's solely due to that. Uh, well, I tell you, one individual who who I'm sure knows all about the squeeze this is having uh, on the pocket is Eric, who is on the line. Eric is a teacher. Um, can I ask you, Eric first? I mean, if ballotus, w- w- would you vote in favour of industrial action? Um, right now. Right now, I can't see why not. Look, as your previous two contributors, they spoke about the cost of inflation, the cost of living, everybody. I actually find it hard to believe that food has only gone up 8%. Um, that my experience in the supermarket is it's gone way more than that. So yes, I would I would be in favour of of moving it to the next level. Uh, and I understand why John Boyle spoke about having to do this. If you look at the, 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 the hospital healthcare workers, they were promised a thousand euros six months ago. And from what I know, most of them still, or a lot of them still haven't got it. So this government moves slowly. Um, so this needs to be done because we can't, uh, as everyone out there knows, prices are going up, cost of living is going up. We and need to, we need, we need, we need increases now rather than in six months time or eight months time, which will probably happen if we let the government go at their pace. And, and how is this impacting you then, Eric? Well, like, like everyone said is, like my say, the amount of money I'm saving every month has gone way down. It, it, it's way down because childcare for my kids has gone away up. Petrol in the car has gone away up. Um, buying my, my daughter's school uniform there in the last couple of months has gone away up. So that's how it's impacting. And, and that's not me as a teacher. That's me as a parent, which is probably like all your listeners out there. There is the person listening to us today that hasn't noticed the cost of living increase. Everything from your gas bill when it comes through or your electricity bill to the food you're eating on the table this evening. Everything is going up. So my wife works in an, an indigenous Irish company that has a multinational dimension and she's a manager. So she has been dealing with all, or she's been working with all her, her employees and in her team for the last while. They're all looking for increases and they're all being granted increases at varying levels. So now, look, it's only fair. Public sector people, we have to go through the long, drawn-out, year-long process of mm. negotiating. So I just think we need to put a push on this because, like I said, if we go at the government pace, it'll be 2023 before anything happens. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose it's worth pointing out, I mean, I, I don't think there's any possibility the government will turn around and say there's no room for any increase. There's already an offer of an increase on the table, but it, it's, it has been deemed not good enough. Your, your issue is that you, you want a better offer, but you want it at a much quicker pace than those offers usually come. Is that it? Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. Look, um, inflation hit 2% in July last year, and, and 2%, as far as I know, is what... Uh, you know, economists like as normal inflation. It's now at nine point something percent and nothing has happened. The government are, are trying to delay things. They want to bring in as much money as they can and pay as little as they can, I suppose. So the unions, all the public sector unions, we need to we need to act together. Mm. And I suppose as a teacher, one of my criticisms of the teacher unions is there's three unions and they all do different things at different stages and they don't work in concert. So I would hope that the three teacher unions unite together on this, come up with a common plan get behind all the other public sector groups, whether it's the doctors, the nurses, the firemen, the police, the guard, whatever. All of us get together and all of us put our case out that, yeah. look, can you, cost of living is high. Yeah. It's, it's, can, can you appreciate, high. Eric, though, as well, that I suppose maybe the, the, the view in government, it's not that long ago that we were talking about the possibility that 
this inflation was going to be transitory and fairly yeah. respected economists were talking about it even by the end of the summer, later in the year, kind of dipping back downwards. Now, now that looks less likely uh, as it happens. But you know, th- that's possibly what government were, were holding out for. They didn't want to respond to pay claims when inflation was running at close to 9%. If it was likely that having acquiesced to those uh, pay demands, inflation then dipped back down to 5 4 3 2%. Well, that, that's a fair point. And what I say in reply to that is, uh, during the recession, when things went bad very, very quick, what did the government do? They brought in plenty. And overnight, they all got the doll. The government voted to cut teachers' pay and public sector pay by whatever it was, 10%, or I can't remember exactly, but it was a, a, a sizable chunk. So they did it. They just brought legislation. They pushed it through. They did it when they needed to do it. We have the flip now. The flip is that this inflation has been going up for over a year. It's been above 2% for over a year. And while they might have hoped it wouldn't have continued going, just the way circumstances happened, it has. And we're at 9% now, we're more than 9%. And to be fair, like, it, people out there, are str- a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are using food banks. There's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of people struggling with childcare and everything. And, it, like, public sector people are paid reasonably good wages. Some are high, some aren't. And there's a lot of people, especially I know from the teaching profession, a lot of the younger teachers that came in within the last 10 years, they're on a lower pay scale. So they're even suffering more than me in my, in my age. And student, our teachers in Dublin as well, and, and everybody working in Dublin or living in Dublin is paying a premium on, on accommodation and yeah. you know, transport and all that type of stuff. So, look, it's needed. And I don't think, I don't think many people will give out because people realise it's needed. I suppose they might argue over whether it's 5% or 10% or whatever the increase will be. But um, I think everyone realises that it's needed and it needs to happen quick because you're only putting people's lives and people's livelihoods in jeopardy by delaying it. Eric, listen, we appreciate your time and thank you as well to Barrow Roundtree, who's an economist at the ESRI and John Boyle, General Secretary of the INTO. One listener says, I'm not sure why Kieran keeps insisting teachers don't have an appetite for strike action. We were forced to work in unsafe conditions during COVID because schools were magically safe. More work is constantly being added to our jobs with nothing removed. The cost of living is spiralling. No pay increase is a pay cut in times of spiralling inflation. Many teachers are very ready to strike. Perhaps the nastiness thrown around about teachers and the job we do might lessen if schools were closed for a week or two and the very valuable service we offer were to be missing for that period. I'm not sure what I said uh, to give that listener the impression that I said think teachers don't have the appetite for strike action. I absolutely know they do. The point I was trying to get at with John Boyle is how likely a strike is. Not how likely teachers will vote for it, how likely it is to happen. I suspect we're still in the negotiation uh, stage of all of this. Uh, but listen, thank you for the text. 53106, uh, the number, one of the few texts uh, supportive of teachers. Mike says, the selfish unions once again holding the government to ransom instead of holding the line during an economic crisis. And I didn't hear the teachers taking strike during beautiful summers off and money into their bank account every week. Let them strike. Stand up to them, says one listener. I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion amongst the hard shoulder listeners I think teachers are underpaid in this country and I think we undervalue them and I think if they were on the pig's back the way some people think they are we'd all be teachers anyway 53106 keep your views coming The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.